You're listening to the Conversations with Kids Peace podcast. Advice, information, and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children, adults, and those who love them. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. In your community today, really in any of our communities, there are those who don't know where they're going to sleep tonight or who know wherever they sleep, they will do so with little or no protection from the elements and other dangers. Over the years, these have been referred to by many names, including some that sought to deny them their humanity. But those who today we lump together as the homeless, of course, are human. They could feel pain. They can get sick. They can suffer. How can we, as a society, care for the health needs of these fellow members of our community? At the November edition of the Kids Peace Clinical Cafe Lecture Series, leaders of Lehigh Valley Health Network's Street Medicine Initiative offered answers and insights into that issue, and we are pleased that one of those folks, community health worker Benny Eliason, joins us to talk about the initiative. Benny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Let's start a little bit with a, a quick summary of the street medicine program. How did it start? When did it start? How many people are you seeing? That sort of thing. So really quickly, you just made a, a little comment that I like. You said they are you. They are referred to as many names. Um, what we like to refer them as are our street neighbors. Nice. So we call them our street neighbors. Um, occasionally, you will also hear me and other individuals in this field refer to them as rough sleepers. Um, but we prefer our street neighbors because they are our neighbors. They're in our neighborhood. Absolutely. They are in our communities. Yep. So a little background about street medicine. Um, we began with the idea of a physician assistant. So a physician assistant, probably about in, uh, 2014, decided that when he graduated from DeSales, he wanted to work specifically in a free clinic with the homeless here in the Valley. However, what he realized was that there weren't any in the Valley. Um, so he worked really closely with the Allentown Rescue Mission in Allentown on Hamilton and created one. And that clinic is still running today, although now it belongs to DeSales. It's a DeSales free clinic um, twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's an amazing clinic. It does amazing work. That's um, great. And a lot of our students and uh, come up through that program to really learn and have compassion for our street neighbors. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, our, t our team specifically, the street medicine team from Lehigh Valley Health Network, we have two PAs, one of whom is our director. Um, we also have a clinical manager, an administrative partner, uh, myself, the community health worker, and three amazing per diem nurses. Um, we also have amazing pool of volunteers, anyone from a provider, so a doctor, of PA, a nurse practitioner, to a pharmacy tech, to a social worker, to a translator. So we work with everyone within the hospital. Um, they help us do what we do. Without right. them, we couldn't do this. So our, our team really believes in going to the people. That's our tagline, right? Go to the people. We bring all of our services to them and we try to break down those barriers. Those barriers that really are the three main reasons our folks don't access healthcare the way you and I would, mm -hmm. right? So we have lack of transportation. And if anyone knows when you're living here in the Valley, you can't get anywhere without some type of transportation, whether it's a bus pass or it's a vehicle. Um, so then you have lack of insurance or lack of ability to pay. That becomes a really big problem. Um, so we help them establish insurance, whether it's through Medicaid, whether it's through uh, Medicare, whatever their situation is. Um, however, all of our services are free, including medications. Okay. So we don't charge for any of that. 
Um, and then of course there's lack of trust in the medical community. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure about you, but we understand that it may take years to earn someone's trust. Right. I myself have gone into a doctor's office and felt like, were you really listening? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. um, so we make sure that we listen. We are present when we are with our patients. Um, and so, so we, we pride ourselves on knowing our, person, our, our patients' names. We know mm -hmm. if, hey, so-and-so just became a grandma or a grandpa. You know, we pride ourselves on those little things that mean a lot to our folks. It would seem too that by doing that, you also connect up um, the larger sort of community so that you're able to check on folks and, and be, uh, you know, has somebody seen Bob? What's yeah. happening with him? Yeah. So our, our folks, our street, our street neighbors are really well connected with one another. Mm -hmm. um, it is a community within the community. Um, so if so-and-so is not feeling well and he or she couldn't leave their encampment, but they need medical care. And we're at one of our clinics because we have lots of them, which I'm sure I'm going to go over with mm -hmm. you in a little bit. Um, they'll come to us and say, so-and-so needs you to come out and see them. Right. And so we will specifically make a trip, a PA, a nurse, uh, a nurse and uh, um, an outreach worker. So there, we always go out in teams of two okay. just to make sure that we have enough you know, supplies with us. Um, we carry all of our medical supplies with us. We carry survival items with us. Um, and we will check on them. We make sure that that's their family. So we want to make sure that their family members are taken right. care of. Right, right. Now, what are some of the common health issues that your street neighbors are facing? So our street neighbors face all the same health issues you and I would face, okay. right? So they suffer from chronic, chronic diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, however, they then have the added barrier of figuring out how they're going to maintain their health mm -hmm. so that it doesn't deteriorate even, for, even further. Right. 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 Um, so I'm going to give you an example. So you and I, if we had diabetes, we would have our insulin in our refrigerator. Well, it's, it's easy to say, okay, I'll go and get, I need insulin right now. Right. I'm not feeling well. Our folks are not privy to that luxury. Right. Um, so even if, you know, sometimes people don't think as far into it, they'll say, hey, you know what? I'll donate a small mini fridge. Where are they going to plug it in? I'm going to say, there's That's no, there's no, there's no electricity you know, in, in these um, places. So. And, and don't get me wrong. Our folks that want to donate, they, they have amazing hearts. They're thinking with the right place, but you kind of have to think through the logistics of it, mm -hmm. right? Um, another one, when a person's suffering with any combination of these chronic diseases, right? So if they're taking medication daily to maintain whatever it is that's going on, some of these medications have side effects. Some right. may make you sleepy. Some may make you tired. And one of the biggest things you want to understand is that you cannot be vulnerable out there on the streets. You cannot be sleepy. You cannot be right. tired. Right. Um, so it's really easy to understand why they'll decide to go without that medication, regardless of how important it is to save their well-being, you know, to make sure that they're safe. Right, you know? right. Um, let's talk a little bit about mental health. Um, how, do the mental, how do mental health issues affect what you're able to do for the population? So I think we can all agree, whether we're talking about homeless population or any other population, mental health, or for that matter, poor mental health, can be quite damning to a person's overall health, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So people that suffer from poor mental health are much more likely to be susceptible to three main factors. Um, these three main factors can lead to homelessness, poverty, disaffiliation, um, and personal vulnerability, which again is one of the biggest things out there on the streets. You cannot be vulnerable. And I think that might, I, I wonder if that's not a surprise to those of us who, you know, 
because of, of good fortune, have never had to face those things. Is that is because we talk a lot about the effect of trauma yeah. on on the the clients we see at Kids Peace in general, kids in general. And when you sit and say, "Here's an, here's the population," as you as you say, the mm-hmm. street neighbors, where it's constant vigilance is necessary and you have to worry about you just don't have that luxury to sort of sit and be by yourself and so you can imagine right they're tired they're tired i'm tired working all day and thinking about things can you imagine not only being outside but worrying oh my god why is that person looking at me oh my god where am i going to eat oh my god how am i going to stay out of the below zero degree weather coming this weekend right mental anguish you know, um, and, and we talk a lot about trauma-informed care throughout the street medicine group. Well, I think that goes to one of the questions I wanted to ask, which is how do you address these concerns, these, these conditions so uh, in, in, that env- in the environment in that, that you're, environment you're that providing the, the physical care? Right. So we, let's take it back for a minute. So really, we can do what we can do, right? I mean, I, I can't, I don't have a magic wand. I can't make things happen. I don't have a magic pill. Um, And I don't pretend and I don't make promises. That's one of the biggest thing. We don't make promises to anybody. Um, So when either myself or anyone on my team, when we're dealing with someone that interacts uh, or when we're interacting with someone that has not only a mental health um, issue, but is also what we sometimes call a rough sleeper, a Mm -hmm. street neighbor, Mm -hmm. um, we make sure that we treat them exactly the same way that we would treat anybody else. So there's accountability on both ends. There's respect on both ends. There's compassion on both ends. Um, Most of us that do this work realize that to do this, we have to be familiar with the fact that when you're homeless, it's hard to find somewhere that you're safe. Mm -hmm. So we provide them a place where they can be safe, um, which is usually something that seems very impossible to them. They never feel feel safe. So we just make sure that we provide them not only medically, and take care of them that way, Mm -hmm. right? But we give them a space where they can be honest with us, um, knowing that that's not going to happen in a day. Mm -hmm. It can take years before Mm -hmm. someone will allow us to have an honest conversation with them. Mm -hmm. It's just that engagement, right? Um, So a lot of us say that our stethoscope that we wear is just a tool of engagement. It just gives us that opportunity to say, hey, I can help you, you wanna have a chat? Right. You know, so we just give them that respect and we stay in that moment with a more present absolutely from the entire for the entire conversation with them. Now that that, that brings me to something I thought was really interesting. Your presentation at the Clinical Cafe program in November here at Kids Peace was subtitled Bridging Healthcare Through Trust. So uh, you've touched on this a little bit, but can you talk a little bit more maybe specifically, what are some of the ways that you've worked to build the trust with the street neighbors that you're treating? So I will tell you first a little tidbit, a little funny tidbit. Um, (laughs) My colleague, Seth Campbell, who's the physician assistant on my team or one of the physician's assistants, he was here doing that presentation with me. And um, it took quite a while to get him to not name this presentation um, through trust as in a trussle right? Because we physically walk over trestles, trestles to get to some of our patients, right? Um, And he thought it was hilarious. And he's walking through the office saying, this is going to be a great idea. And I'm like, wait, let's think about it. Hold on. Let's, (laughs) let's move back a little bit. Right. But then he finally decided with trust. And, and I think it really encompasses what we do as a team. Um, One of the things we, we, we talk about is that we go to the people physically, Mm -hmm. we meet them where they are. So, that can mean that we meet them in a shelter. That can mean that we meet them on the bench in front of a Dunkin' Donuts. 
That can mean that we go into the encampments, which everybody has to always remain cognizant of the fact that that is their home. Right. Okay. So to you, it's like, oh, I'm just taking a walk to the park. That is someone's home. So we always introduce ourselves. We always announce ourselves when we arrive and they will determine whether or not they want to have that conversation like interact interaction with you. With us. That's up to them. Yes, completely. Hey, good morning, street medicine. That is, that is what we do. And if they are interested, they say, Hey, yeah, come on over. Good morning. And if not, they'll say, Nope, not today. All right. Have a fantastic day. We're here if you need us. Right. And right. we keep it moving. Do you find that it's also something you, you probably, you've been doing this since 2014. Does the program find that it, it you're, it, it's really difficult to find those first few relationships and build those and then, but they become sort of foundations for other relationships where people are saying, if my friend mm -hmm. trusts you, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be as distrustful as I might be. So I think that kind of goes back to individuals that have trauma in their past, mm -hmm. right? Which I can easily say a hundred percent of our yeah. folks have gone through some type of trauma at some point in their well, life. The, the, the very you know, situation they're in correct. is a trauma inducing situation. Correct. Correct. And one of the things that, that we realize is that, like I said, our folks, it's a community. Everyone knows everybody. Everybody mm -hmm. knows where they are and where to go to get what, and they help each other out. So if they know this organization on this side of town, uh, they're going to be giving out turkeys. I don't know, whatever I'm saying turkeys, but you know what I mean? But it could be, for example, they'll, this they'll go back. Yeah. And they'll say, hey, on such and such date, let's go. And they will, they will go in a group. Right. And so right. they protect each other. And, and so that family, it means a lot when they allow us in. Mm -hmm. It means a lot when they trust us enough to say, hey, so-and-so needs your help. You know, it gave all of us this ability to provide a really holistic way for, for practicing medicine. Yeah. You know, it's mind, body, and soul, and everything is connected. So we we're able to work on all those bits and pieces mm -hmm. and, and make them understand that we are not here just to check your blood pressure. That's great. We want to check your blood pressure and make right. sure you're okay. Right. But I want to say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah. You know, or like I usually tell people, so-and-so became a grandma. Hey, can I see a picture? Right. I want to see the grandbaby. How cute, you know, um, those types of things. Just make them realize we see you, you know, you're a human just like me. It goes right back to what we said at the beginning. Yeah. Is that they are human? Uh, we could talk about this all day. Um, I know you, you don't have all day to spend with us. We appreciate the time. How can folks learn more, hear more about uh, the Street Medicine Initiative? So lots of ways. You can most definitely Google us because we're everywhere. <laughs> um, that's, that works wonders. Um, but you can also go onto our website. So Lehigh Valley Health Network as a whole does an amazing job with um, putting us on their website. So they mm -hmm. do great work with that. Um, but also you can shoot us an email. So we're happy to come out and talk to anybody. Like, you know, when you guys reached out to us, that was a great opportunity for us to educate even more individuals in the community and really kind of introduce them to our street neighbors from our perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and so if anybody ever wants us to come out and have that conversation with whatever group it may be, we're happy to do that. And okay. they can reach out to my email address and and, and then you can find that on the website. Correct. Oh, that's super. Well, um, as we talked about before we, we came on here, we uh, close each of our podcasts by asking our guests to provide a life hack. This can be a favorite saying, some advice given by a mentor. Some there. Sometimes it's just a tip on how to do something a little better, a little bit more efficiently. <laughs> so, Benny, what's your life hack for us today? So I had to think about that, right? <laughs> um, however, what I thought about was with me, 
I go out and I think about what my husband tells me. So my husband is an is a mechanic. And one of the things I, I would always do is when I go home, I complain, right? I'm talking about my day and I'm like, I don't understand why there's so many circles and why we have to do this and why this person has to go through that and this. And one day he looked at me, he goes, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease. And I kind of gave him that what? Like that confused look. And he goes, you know what? You talk so much about it, start squeaking. And what I realized what he said, what he meant was, Speak to whoever you have to speak to. Sit in whatever meeting you have to meet. Uh, sit in, uh, make whatever phone call you have to make. Be present and advocate because other individuals that unfortunately should be advocating for these, these um, street neighbors aren't. So be squeaky until you get your grease, until you make some change. And so for me, that's, what I've, that's what's worked for me. There's a lot to unpack there. Thank you, that's awesome. <laughs> Benny Eliason is part of the street medicine team for Lehigh Valley Health Network. Benny, thank you not only for being here with us, we really appreciate that, but obviously for the work you and your colleagues are doing for our street neighbors. Thank you very much. All right. Benny and her LVHN colleagues spoke at our November Kids Peace Clinical Cafe. That is a lecture series designed for mental health professionals in the Lehigh Valley, and attendees can earn continuing education credit. So to learn more about future clinical cafe sessions, check out our website. The Conversations with Kids Peace podcast is produced by Robbie Allred. I'm Bob Martin. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you join us again for more Conversations with Kids Peace. Take care. <laughs>